Well, it's kind of a goofy episode. My Robert Stack impression is coming along quite nicely, though, if you ask me. Um, in this episode, I just talk about lots of stuff. Third segment's where you want to be. I talk about asking for help and why I don't ask for help anymore and why it's a problem for me to ask for help. I get into kind of extreme examples, but yeah. Talk about the F-35, talk about just a bunch of random stuff. My Robert Stack impression, though, is golden. Yeah, Gold Canyon. Gold, Lost Dutchman's gold mine. Hello, all my fans out there in podcast land, all my cool cats, the coolest cats, the cool hip cats listening to the coolest podcast, the Bling Vera podcast. I'm your host, Bling Vera. It's Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. I've got one cat in here, and it's Sunday. It's Sunday morning still over here in beautiful Taylorsville, Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, suburbs. I made a podcast yesterday. I had I had the crime boss, crime family boss man, he joined me, and we were just talking, chit-chatting. He was actually late getting here yesterday. Oh, we got a cat in here, though. Did I mention that? We have a cat in here. And it's gonna, it's, uh, we're at the makeshift folk, it's gonna start, he made a sound actually earlier, I think he might be hairball time, maybe? Uh, gracious host left some music or some sort of podcast, some sort of, um, sermon on, possibly? She went to the store, we got another cat whining outside, it's cat day, once again. We'll see if we can get this cat to whine, some, it, it has the whiniest meow. Is it cat day today? Oh, it's not going to. Well, in yesterday's episode, I talked about those F-35s. No, I didn't. I talked about the police. I talked about the University of Utah police. And I talked about University of Utah being the number one stocking school in all of Utah. If you want to get stocked, if you don't, if you want to care, let me try that again. Do you want to get stocked? Do you want to throw caution to the wind? Are you a handsome young man or a handsome young woman or just really not sure, but you feel that you're an attractive person? Do you ever drive around in a car or take the bus or walk on foot? Do you want to be followed during any one of those modes of transportation? Well, guess what? You are in luck. If you just graduated high school, or even if, you're, if you didn't graduate high school, if you're getting ready to go from high school into college, university, what better place to get stalked with or without your permission well, without your permission, because you can get stalked. Otherwise, it'd be just being hide and seek if you're. But if you want to get stalked without your permission and just followed around and terrified day and night, you call the police, call nine one one, do it, do it, see what happens. They don't care. The University of Utah police, they don't care, and that's part of it. That's part of the the ter- terrifying horror, not part of the fun, because it's not fun. I can tell you firsthand, and I'm an old man. Am I handsome? Uh, nah, ah. <laughs> was I terrified? Yeah, I was. Because, let me tell you something, coming from an old man, University of Utah it is number one stocking school in Utah. So if, if, you're thinking about, if you're thinking about it, and you just can't make up your mind whether Westminster College with zero stocking cases, or University of Utah with over half of the stocking cases in, at the colleges in Utah, what better better place to go and get terrified and you know what i mean it's almost hollow all hollows eve in one week so i mean if that ups the ante at all but let me tell you my experience from a grown-ass man freaking gray-haired retired aged 
brave, but still get scared sometimes. Like you would think, and this is being, now I'm being totally uh, forthcoming and honest here, instead of not sarcastic and serious. Um, no, I mean, I'm being serious now. You would think that me, of all people, would be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm brave and I'm strong and, you know, I'm fearless and I can just do whatever. Um, oh, yeah, that reminds me one real quick before I go on another tangent here. Clint's reptiles. Stick with me now, guys. I was talking about fearlessness and Steve Irwin and my other favorite biologist, Jeff Corwin. I have three favorite biologists. One is the late Steve Irwin. The other is Jeff Corwin. The other, believe it or not, is Clint from Clint's Reptiles. He's a zoologist, biologist. Clint's Reptiles on on YouTube. If you've never seen Clint's Reptiles on YouTube, I'll try to include the link in the description below. But I, I, he's probably like, he's up there with Jeff Corwin in my opinion. And as far as like my admiration, yeah, he's, he's up there with Jeff Corwin for me and Steve Irwin. He's an excellent, excellent biologist and he has tons of information and he's enthusiastic about it, but he doesn't do voices like Jeff Corwin. He kind of does. Well, whatever. It's YouTube. So it's not like it's animal planet. But Clint's Reptiles on YouTube, check him out, because he's probably, like, one of the best biologists you could learn from. Arachnids, spiders, scorpions. Scorpions and, like, those other tailless whip scorpions. And, oh, some of them are freaking scary. He'll tell... There's that whiny... There's that whiny cat that's going to get kicked out of here when I get another cup of coffee, huh? Is that a whiny cat? Yeah. Um, he, 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 I, now, this is a true story. Steve Irwin or Jeff Corwin, they never, they never taught me what toxicognaths are. Toxicognaths are the pedipalps, I believe. <laughs> I don't know. To- toxicognaths are the uh, uh, foot like appendages on the centipede's mouth parts and they're filled, filled with like venom and stuff it's not are they the pedipalps on on a centipede is that what the toxicognaths are i don't know spiders have pedipalps those things <clears throat> if you want to get stalked at the university of utah look no further than right here sign up today it's going to be a good show it's going to be one of those wacky shows and I got the voice. There's a voice I'm working on. And what better way than to try and sell the University of Utah and their stocking abilities, their lack of policing for stalkers, and their lack of care with people saying, hey, I think there's somebody following me. What better way to, to demonstrate my inability to do Robert Stack Who's Robert Stack? Robert Stack just happens to be Unsolved Mysteries voice and a huge actor prior to all that, like a massive actor. I didn't realize, I didn't realize Robert Stack was like, 
had so many acting roles prior to i just thought he was unsolved mysteries guy i thought i swear he has like champion shooting records he or um like olympic shooting he could shoot like skeet shooting and like he could shoot rifles and stuff like he he was an accomplished like sportsman but on top of that like he had the voice and he just got into movies and stuff because he was handsome he had a good voice well, because he's handsome i think so but yeah it, unsolved mysteries he was just like this creeped out old guy unsolved mysteries he was a creeped out old guy and you and you know it it was his voice that did it he learned english at like seven years old he was in italy doing in france doing all that stuff over there first and then he comes to the united states and he learns english that's probably why his english was so like distinct but um i didn't learn any languages as a kid i had to like teach myself how to talk again uh, doing this podcast podcast well you know i went to school and stuff too so but well, I'm saving this last minute and a half. And trying... <clears throat> Are you trying to... Okay, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do the University of Utah stalking bit. Okay. Are you trying to get stalked in the University of Utah? It's my first time trying to do Robert Stack. I'm trying to do voices a lot more. I'm trying to do impressions a lot more. Are you trying to get stalked? He was an old man. I can't do it. I'll have to try it. I'll have to try it more. I'll have to practice. He was an old man who had his own podcast. Little did he know that the police wouldn't even care. It sounds like I'm dying. Robert Stack didn't sound like he was dying. It sounded like he was like an old, creeped out old man. But learning more about his history. I started can't do it. I started to appreciate his actions a lot more. His acting career was exemplary. I can't do it. But I'm going to, because you don't hear a lot of people doing Robert Stack impressions. And I already have my Bill Burr impression pretty much down cold. So if I'm going to be Jay Moore and pull a freaking Christopher Walken and catapult myself to stardom that way, it's either going to be, yeah, it's either going to be Bill Burr or it's going to be Robert Stack. It's going to be one of those two my impressions because it's certainly not going to be my investigative journalism here in utah well here it is on sunday morning i'm still getting like phone calls from collectors i think maybe it's the university of utah offering me a position to freaking stock people i'd say no thanks i don't do that i'm not into that but thanks anyways you guys have fun over there stalking people oh yeah university of utah stalking people over in boston Okay, that's, uh, well, it's Bill Burr. Too wheezy trying to do Robert Stack, though. And two of my Yeezys. I got the nerd voice. I got the nerd impression. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm too Yeezy. I got, I got too many pairs of Yeezys that are worth too much Yeezy money. It's Yeezy. He had too many pairs of Yeezys. He had... <clears throat> I got it. I got it. I got this. He had too many pairs of Yeezys. And was a gold mine in the Superstition Mountains. And then people went missing. Is it working? No, oh, damn it. A Superstition Mountain. There it is. An abandoned, an abandoned gold mine in the Superstition Mountains. An abandoned gold mine in the Superstition Mountains of Arizona. I can do it, man. I'll get it. I'll keep practicing. 
I'm going to keep practicing Robert Stack, the late Robert Stack, rest in peace. But as an accomplished shooter, I'm going to start shooting rifle. I'm going to, I'm going to start shooting rifles a lot. And I'm going to start doing everything Robert Stack did, including starring in movies as a machine gun air pilot in the 1940s. I'm going to go back in time. He went back in time as a machine gun pilot in the 1940s, starting in roles that Robert Stack starred in, with an abandoned gold mine in Superstition Mountains. It needs to have a little bit more of a, like a deeper, I need to talk like this, but I need to have it be like, yeah, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Um, so what was I going to talk about now? Anything important in the second segment? Housekeeping issues? Housekeeping issues. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the F-35, of course. Um, I'm going to go over some, uh, yeah, some facts on the F-35. Uh, we talked about Clint's reptiles and biologists. Good. Um, sleeping outside. Forced inside this morning by gracious host, but it almost snowed last night. It did rain a few times um, in the night. I stayed up kind of late, though. I was watching, like, fishing movies and or fishing documentaries. Well, they have this boat tracking system. That's helped to like avoid other hitting other boats, but on top of that, like you can see these boats from satellite, and so they were trying to figure out which boats would frequent on the high seas a lot, or deep sea fishing, or high. It's called high sea fishing, high seas. They're out there in the high seas. What's regulated is two hundred miles out. You have two hundred miles out from shore. That's regulated. Um, by countries and different states and governments along the coastline. You also have tons of indigenous peoples that live along the coastline there and rely on fishing as their main source of income, food, culture as well, and just, yeah, uh, a rite of passage maybe for young men to get bit by a bunch of ants. The hands, put your, put your hands in these gloves full of ants and then get bit a bunch. Well, I, I think Gracious Host is back. Gracious host just came back home and I was chastised. I was grilled. But they have this um, system where they track overfishing in the high seas. And sometimes you can turn this, I think it's the AIS system off. Anyway, I was learning all about it. I was learning also from Clint's Reptiles, tons of stuff about arachnids, everything I wanted to know about arachnids and mites. Mites, not mice. One of the things from... Real quick, before I start talking about the F-35 and uh, sleeping outside, two, two, important, two important issues, uh, hard-hitting local issues. One thing I learned off of Clint's reptiles last night from watching all of his YouTube ch uh, shows, videos, content, creative content, was on the arachnid one, everything you wanted to know about arachnids, which is something I've been dying to know tons about arachnids. Um... Daddy long legs, daddy freaking long legs. It kind of pissed me off, actually. I was actually kind of mad. I, I threw my phone. I broke my phone last night because I threw it. I was so mad. Um, I'm sitting there watching these videos, minding my own business, out in the freezing cold. And I'll tell you why I was outside in the cold. I was in the doghouse. I'll tell you why I was outside in the cold in a second. But I'm sitting there watching this video from Clint's Reptiles, learning about arachnids. He's like... This is a daddy long legs I was told growing up. And he, I think he's from Utah. Well, he's from, he li he's in Utah now. But I thought maybe, well, anyway. Anyway, 
he's in Utah now, and uh, he might have grown up in Utah. But Daddy Longlegs, he goes, when I was growing up, I was told that this spider had the most venom of all spiders in the world, but its fangs were too small to bite. And he breaks it down for you. Um, pro, the prosoma, is it cephalothorax? I, I can't, come on, I don't know. I need to study more. Yeah, I know my biology is a little bit, my segments of spiders is a little bit rusty. But anyway, you could, if you could tell between, there's two different segments of the spider, the tail and the regular part with all the legs and the fangs. Daddy long legs doesn't have that. So it's not, it doesn't have venom. I don't even know if it's a spider. It might be some kind of mite or something. But it doesn't have fang. Well, it has fangs maybe, but it doesn't have venom. It's not even a spider. No, I think I'm pretty sure you said it's not a spider. And it doesn't have fangs. Wait, it's not a spider and it doesn't have venom. Is what he was saying. I was pretty ticked about that because, you know, your whole life you grow up believing something. Kit Kats is another one. Kit Kats, the candy. If you are a kid that grew up in the United States of America and you've been eating Hershey's chocolate and just regular chocolate, what you've been told is chocolate, like Kit Kats, eat those all your life, go trick-or-treating on Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, go pick out all the Kit Kats and eat those first. And Oh, these are so good. Go to Vancouver, go to Canada, get a Kit Kat there, and they're made with real chocolate, and you're like, what? Like, this tastes so much better. This this Kit Kat tastes heavenly, divine. Why? Well, it's because it's made with real chocolate. Because you're not in the United States anymore. It's not Hershey's chocolate anymore that's made with those Kit Kats. You're outside of the U.S. You're eating real Kit Kats now. You're That's real chocolate, kid. And to ha to go through that kind of trauma, just so casually, it's like, wait a minute, I've been eating, hold on, hold on there, business guy walking in a hurry to get to uh, some business meeting over in downtown Vancouver. Wait a minute, business guy. You mean to tell me that I've been eating Kit Kats in the United States that aren't, are made with, like, not real chocolate? It's just high fructose corn syrup and other garbage from the Hershey's plant from Pennsylvania? United States? That's right, kid. Here, have another Kit Kat. And you're in Vancouver, so it's real chocolate, and you eat it, you scarf it down, have a Twix while you're at it, too. Here's a, here's a Twix, kid. It's like, oh my god. Like, what? Like, what the hell? Like, I've been lied to my whole life. Like, what other lies are out there? What, like, the F-35 program is nothing but a giant scam on, on the world? Talking about the stealth fighter and all the bells and whistles. They're trying to sell it to everybody. It's stealth. It's the stealth uh, capabilities of the F-35. It's like, I don't think it's all that stealthy if they're crashing. I, I think you might have a hard time hiding all that smoke from the wreckage. And what is the parachute? Is the ejection seat, is all that stuff uh, invisible too? Or is it a cloaking a cloaking parachute that you guys have? Or what? Because I'm pretty sure that the enemy would be able to see that stuff. Unless it actually does have stealth abilities in the, you know, the ejection seat's actually like stealth. Maybe that's part of it. You, you eject and the plane like pretends to be 
wreckage, but really the you know, pilot and flies off to safety. Anyone? Any day crews? In this episode, we're going to talk about the F-35 fighter jet, and Bling's going to do some Robert Stack impressions. Some Robert Stack impressions. There it is. We're going to talk about the F-35 and do some Robert Stack impressions. Unsolved mysteries, and it's a abandoned gold mine in Superstition Mountains in eastern Arizona. East of Phoenix, Arizona. Gold Canyon, United States. Gold Canyon, Arizona. <clears throat> well, I think it's okay. I'm working. It's a work in progress, okay? F-35 is not stealth if it's crashing. All right, here we go. Rounding the corner in the third segment. Time to start talking about some hard-hitting, important issues like the F-35. You know, I should actually probably get some uh, more coffee. Hang on. And that's when I said, no, I do have a good Robert Stack impression. You just haven't, You just don't listen right. You don't hear it right. My first time trying it in front of people, okay? It's a little bit embarrassing sometimes. You're trying to do an impression, and you've only done it a few times. It's embarrassing to do, unless you get it right. But how am I supposed to get it right? How am I supposed to learn if I don't mess up here and there? Well, let's talk about asking for help a little bit, shall we? And is everyone okay with that? My inability to ask for help sometimes? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about I'm not gonna I'm not trying to throw I'm not trying to trash anyone. I'm not trying to just trash anyone on this podcast or anyone specific or do anything like that. So let's just go there. But let's also talk about offering help and asking for help and trying to get help. No, not that kind of help. Forget that. No way. I'm not into that. That kind of help is no good. Um no. No. Yeah, I'll take you to the hospital. Nope. <laughs> no. Bunch of snitches there. Yeah, we could, we could start there. Healthcare is not what it used to be, and uh, mental health is not what it used to be. Uh, I would argue that, like, even social workers, but like therapy, just talking through therapy, that sort of type of help, that, that type of quote unquote therapy is not therapy anymore. I don't know when it changed. I don't know when it was okay for it to change. I certainly didn't give any permission for it to change, but. My experience over the past few years here with just a few interactions with that type of shit, uh, it's no good and they'll snitch on you and you'll get in trouble. It'll complicate every, it makes everything worse. It doesn't help. It's like, it's like a precursor to some sort of Gestapo or something. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, we're Sweden, Finland. Where you at? Where are you guys at? Get in here. I have to, I'm talking about important things here in the United States, like, they will freaking snitch on you. I've heard, I've heard stories, right, of people who have gone to jail or prison, and they've been encouraged, and, and it wasn't a non, they were nonviolent crimes, okay, nonviolent crimes. And these people, when they got out, were encouraged to, oh, just go to therapy, it helps. Oh, just go, it helps, it helps, it helps. And they're just pressured into, okay, fine, fine. Because there's a different dynamic when you get out of, I, I can't speak from experience myself, but I could only imagine, and I've, I guess I've, I've witnessed it, but I don't know what, what it's actually like, what it actually feels like uh, from my part. Um, however, I've heard about it. I've heard stories about it directly from the source. And 
they said like, yeah, I was encouraged to go to therapy. I was encouraged to talk about whatever my feelings. And, and here's the part where it gets very sketchy is they sign these like non-disclosure agreements or privacy agreements or what have you with the therapist saying like, whatever we talk about in this room stays in this room. It's totally private, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, are you sure? We're not, you're not, you're not going to tell anybody. You're not going to say No, no, it's just between me and you. As long as nobody's getting hurt, as long as you don't tell me about anything getting hurt, anybody getting hurt or you hurting anybody, right? Like that's what they say. And so they like coax or groom these inmates to kind of talk about like personal stuff, whether it happened in prison, happened out of prison, prior to prison, um, just stuff if they have any dreams or emotions or feelings about stuff or uh, cravings to, to, to do drugs, like they will try to get these people to disclose those, those issues, those things, whether it's just imagination or whatever. It doesn't even have to be real. It doesn't even have to be real. It could just be like, well, here's some thoughts I had. I thought about these. I thought about this, these issues before. <laughs> And then they'll go tell the parole officer, they'll go tell like the state and they show up and start coming up with these charges and stuff. It's like, whoa, whoa, like what the hell? Like, come on. Like I've, I've heard of that happening and, and somewhat recently too. And like, I've had some experiences too. It was years ago. It was years ago, but it absolutely complicated things uh, further. And I, in my opinion, it was kind of the catalyst for a lot of problems um, back in around the, uh, when the onset of the pandemic. And after that, after I experienced those things, I was like, no way, no way. I, am, uh, I will never freaking ever talk to someone in confidence ever again, quote unquote confidence, like a therapist or the hospital or the state, never, never. And I was reminded of not to do that ever again. Um, when I called 911 for help back in September and the police came and said, you need to talk to somebody. I was like, holy shit. No, I do not. You guys need to get lost. Sounds like you need to talk to someone so that they can snitch on you for, for getting a little too close to our organized crime ring over here at the University of Utah. Having stalking run rampant. Sounds like we need to get some information from you there, Bling. You need to talk to somebody. We could take you to the hospital right now. Huh? We care about your well-being. It's like, bullshit. You guys get lost, man. And that's the post-pandemic dystopian present that we're living in today, my friends. Listeners, tuning in home, Finland, Sweden, where you at? Where you guys at? I actually used to drink Finlandia vodka, like water, back in the day. Um, gracious host. Yeah, we actually, uh, no, yeah, long time ago. Long time ago, gracious host and I um, used to hang out a lot more. And she's making bacon, right? Yeah, she's making bacon. She's making bacon right now. I'm a vegetarian, well, I eat fish, but and I eat eggs, but I'm a vegetarian mostly, and I don't eat bacon, I don't eat pork, I haven't eat por eaten pork for a long time, because um, pigs are smart animals, and they're kind of like dogs, but anyway, anyway, I don't eat really meat at all, besides fish, and that's not too often, I'll eat sardines and stuff, but anyway, anyway, the smell right now uh, in the place, in the home, reminds me of of back then it just takes me right back 
like the smell takes me the smell of bacon takes me right back till winter of uh must have been 2011 2012 the winter of 2011 yeah and vodka finlandia vodka just freaking yeah more vodka more i used to drink finlandia vodka so much just wrecked all the time i loved it the good old days that was pre-pandemic this a utopian past pre-pandemic this uh, utopian past now all i got is my podcast and some microphones and my robert stack impression a gold mine a gold mine outside of a gold mine just a gold mine just east of phoenix arizona it's a work in progress and abandoned gold the lost dutchman's gold mine just east of phoenix arizona I can't drag out, I can't do my vocal fry when I do Robert Stack. It has to be short. An abandoned gold mine outside of Phoenix, Arizona. The Lost Dutchman's gold mine. I'll get it. You guys are here the first couple tries. I'll get it though. I'll land it. So help me, I'll land this. So anyway, we're rounding the corner here in the third segment. Got to get this uh, episode published, take a shower, do all that stuff. <laughs> Fun stuff. And then listen to it on my way to the gas station to buy beer uh, and beg for money probably today. So I was gonna I was gonna discuss a little something about asking for help, and I've had some generous donations in the past, and I've had people actually come out out of the woodwork and help me a little bit. The majority of them don't care. Ninety nine percent could care less about my problems and me asking for money, and that's it's eye opening. It's it's all right though. It's all right. I don't. It's it's how it is. It's just how it is. Um, it, it was kind of a hard lesson to learn. I think as abruptly as I did learn it, but yeah, it 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 sucks. But the thing I can't stand, the thing I hate the most about asking for help, besides begging for money in front of the the grocery store, which I'll probably end up doing today in the cold. Yeah, well, I slept outside. Actually, but let me. We're in the third segment. I can take the cows come home extended a little bit here um i slept outside in the cold last night why like why would i voluntarily sleep in 38 degree cold weather like the first snow of the year why would anyone do that well i'm preparing to become homeless here and i'm preparing to live out on the street if i have to and if i'm going to do that appropriately then it can't be just a shock to where like okay doors locked now you're outside in the cold good luck it can't because it won't work it'll be too it's too abrupt it's too shocking so i've been trying to acclimate myself to become a little bit more um just used to outside weather the cold can i actually sleep out there can i actually sleep comfortably out there am i gonna be shivering the whole night like what's it gonna be like what do i need what am i missing how can i survive out there in the cold like that um it, it it was a little bit jarring because I had some nightmares, kind of. And a few times in the middle of the night, I forgot where I was. You know, because I was panicking, probably. And uh, I don't know. It messes with my head a little bit. Uh, being here and just moving a bunch and, and all that, it, it messes with my head. But I'm I'm fine. Uh, but yeah, last night, it was kind of jarring for a minute. That I, I was like, I have to be quiet because there's people looking for me. And like, it sucked. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, where am I? Oh, I'm fine. Like, no one's out there with flashlight looking for me. I'm fine. But it's still, like, the, the thought was there immediately, but 
Anyway, anyway, I'm trying to get used to the cold and I'm trying to see if I can actually pull it off. And yeah, I can. I can. It's not as cold as it can get in the winter because it can get pretty freaking cold in the winter, like freezing cold, like like zero degrees. Uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is freezing here. I don't know what that is, Kelvin. And I don't know Sweden, Finland, uh, other rest of the world. That's not United States. I don't know what Celsius. Uh, don't talk to me about Celsius. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But it was 38 degrees Fahrenheit here in the United States. Here, us red-blooded Americans using Fahrenheit metric system. And I did it. I successfully slept outside just fine. And so, yeah, I can handle it just fine. Um, camping, if you want to go camping, I can do it. Yeah, no problem. Where you want to sleep at? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Sleep in a sleeping bag. No problem. Yeah, got it. It's on the corner of the street, whatever. Who cares? I don't care. Nobody else does. So what difference does it make? The abandoned gold mine just east of Phoenix in Gold Canyon, Arizona. The Lost Dutchman's Mine. Right, we'll get there. I'll get it. I'll get it. But the thing I hate the most when I'm asking for help and or I have asked for help and received it or what have you is when they say, what happened to this that I gave you? What did you do with this or that? Or I did this for you. And that's like, this is the thanks I get. Or this is like, you can't get it together after I did this for you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, that's not good. <laughs> Don't do that. Because I'm not going to ask for help ever again. So, not from you. Um, that's just how it goes. That's how I am. And I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, well, what is that? Why is that? Is it pride? Is it ego? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, it, it immediately, I immediately just go, okay, well, thanks anyways. And I appreciate the help and all of your help. And I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And thanks and thanks and thanks. Um, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, well, that's too bad. You know, like that's too bad that everything was conditional, even though even though I was told it wasn't sometimes like, well, why didn't you come to me for help? Or you should have asked me for help. You should have come to me for help first. Oh, I would have helped. You should have come to me for help. Why didn't you ask me for help? And then when I do... It's this huge lecture on like, well, what are you doing? Or what happened to this? Or how come you're not doing that? If I were you when I was your age, and you should do this, this, this. Have you ever given consideration to this? And they're like, well, you need to get a job. And it's like, wow, damn. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I haven't ever thought about that. I guess I haven't thought about that once. I haven't had the time to sleep outside and just actually sit there and think about my life. And I haven't done that over the past, what, six months? Since April, I haven't just sat there and thought about everything and all of that I've lost and the situation that I'm in now and how unfortunate it is and the mistakes I've made along the way and how, like, how I'm not perfect and how, yeah, I had some opportunities, but I also had some other things that were out of my control, you know, some things like there's no nothing I could do to control them unless I was physically standing over somebody and like controlling them, <laughs> like physically controlling them to control my future, you know? There are things that can happen that are out of your control, completely out of your control, no matter what. You can remind them, you can stress the importance of things, but it's out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it. 
something, mistakes happen, things happen that are out of your control, period. Bad luck, bad timing, wrong place, wrong time. Well, you should have, you should have bent over to tie your shoes in, in order to miss that stray bullet. You know, that hit you in the back and killed you. Like, oh, paralyzed you. Yeah, I probably should have used that moment to, to dodge the bullet that I didn't know was coming. That paralyzed me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I probably should have done that. But I didn't because I didn't know. I, I, there was nothing I could do to avoid it. It just happened. And, and to get lectured or to get like that disappointment and that concern um, when you ask for help, when you, when you are encouraged to ask them for help, they say, well, come to me next time, you know, next time, next time, next time. Well, maybe we should talk about this a little bit in advance so it's not so last minute next time. Yeah, okay. Cool, hell yeah. That sounds good. Finally, all right, some help on my side. Someone who understands. Then you ask for help, and then it, it it's not it's not that it's not well. Thanks to come you know thanks for coming to me weeks in advance. I'm glad we can avoid this now instead of worrying about it last minute. Instead of sort of a understanding or not gratitude really for asking for help, but at least um, appreciation that you trust each other and that you're coming for help and what ha- what not. I don't know. Instead of that, it's it's the opposite. It's like um, discouragement and it's uh, disappointment in your behavior asking for help when you shouldn't have had to ask for help or, or what have you. I don't know. Maybe it's, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I've experienced it a lot along the way here. And I kind of experienced it, no, kind of recently, kind of not so recently, but it just was kind of a reminder to me of like uh, different personalities and, and different approaches to actually helping people. But it was just kind of a reminder like, damn, like this is not as easy or as um, straightforward as I was like led to believe. It's very complicated and complex and the dynamic is very, very like volatile. It's very volatile and it's not, it's not casual. It's not easy. Um, I, I was, I was thinking about it yesterday on the side of the road and, and I was like, yeah, just sit back, stand on the side of the road, stand on the corner, suitcase in my hand. Um, like why pride ego? Is it me? Like what, why can't I just okay, suck it up and, and, and take it. And like, it, well, I, I guess it is pride. And I was thinking, well, what, like what, well, why not? Like if, it, if you need help and why not just jump through the hoops and like take a beating, you know, take a verbal beating or take a, uh, a verbal assault of disappointment. And I was just thinking, I was like, well, it's the same reason why like people don't sell themselves, you know, and some people do, sure. But like most people don't, and it, if it's dignity, pride, ego, I don't know. Well, it's like, well, I'm just gonna go down to the corner real quick and, and sell my body. It's like not me, no way. <laughs> yeah, I'm a guy, sure, but still, it's like I would fight somebody if they were trying to like physically, like, come on, you know, it's twenty bucks. Come on, I got twenty bucks for you. Here, come here, I got twenty bucks. 
Ten dollars? Yeah, you want ten dollars? Are you hungry? Well, come here. Oh, come on. Come here. Like, yeah, I want twenty dollars. Yeah, I want ten dollars. I'm hungry. Like, yeah, sure. But I'm not doing that. I'm not do. I will not do that. I I will not do that. Like, I will fight you until it's one of us is, has stopped. In order to not do that. It's sure it's an extreme that's an extreme extreme example, and sure it's not the same um probably male and female experiences because one can physically defend themselves and the other one has probably a little bit more difficulty doing so if it's a male and female like but i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not that desperate and I never will be i I would rather starve to death i think then do something like that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I consider myself probably <laughs> fairly open-minded in, in the realm of like sexuality and like, I don't know, affection even. Um, it might take two weeks to even yeah, break that barrier, the physical barrier, like physical touch, but personal space might take a month from, so yeah, very slow, but yeah, I'd say I'm open-minded overall. Um, so it's not like it's some weird don't touch me. Well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But it it, it kind of comes back down to that where I was like, well, yeah, it doesn't matter what amount of money. Want a hundred bucks? Hey. Hey, Bling, you want a hundred bucks? You want a hundred bucks, Bling? Come here. Hey, Bling, come here. Come here. I'll give you a hundred bucks. You want to come, come here? He says, come here for a hundred dollars. Like, dude, <laughs> maybe even a chick. I don't know. Man. Hey, Blaine, come to mama. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. <laughs> oh, man, even the crowd outside is going wild. The sound booth. The sound guy. I don't know, man. Yeah, guy or girl. Hey, bling. Like what you see? Can you want a hundred bucks? No. I'm gonna go beg for change out in front of the store right now, actually. So, thanks, but no thanks. Well, come here. Come on. No. No. That's just how it is. So it's the same thing about getting, like, chastised and lectured and disappointment and uh, reminded of the the amount of disappointment that I have in my life and just the um just the disappointment doing what everyone told me to do and accomplishing it and then just like you're gone see ya game over good good luck it's like what happened oh, you messed up a little bit eh we hacked your network stole your money so good luck like what if it's not even my fault yeah, good luck. If it is my fault, good luck. Like, well, damn, that sucks. And I just get lectured on, yeah. All right. Uh, how much do those F-35s cost? Uh, 50 million. All right. It just crashed. For It's a $50 million airplane, and it just crashed. They're, and we don't know the details, and we never will. Okay, well, do you think I could have a million dollars? No, 
Can I have... Can I have 50 bucks? Alright. Well, that's cool. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are the coolest. Good luck. Take care. This is a true story, actually. I was six years old or something. It's probably one of the first onsets of my panic attacks, too. But I was with my dad. And we were at this uh, Mesa Southwest Museum, I think is what it's called, in Mesa, Arizona. And you can do gold panning and stuff, and you can do all this, all these things. Um, we were, they have this Lost Dutchman's Mine exhibit, where it's like an interactive thing. You walk through this mine, and it's like kind of creeped out, and there's like jail cells and stuff. It's crazy, actually. It's kind of creepy. It's super creepy. There's like mannequins and things. Anyway, we were going through at the very close. The museum was closing. The, the museum had closed. And we get through the mine, and all the doors are locked. The gift shop, and we could have robbed that gift shop freaking blind. But, um, I think I was too busy panicking. We couldn't get out of the museum at all. We were two people locked inside the museum. I don't know what happened, but yeah, it was nuts. We got out just fine, though. But I remember that just now. It was just as I was publishing this, just now. Got locked in the museum with my dad. <laughs> it was nuts, man. I was panicking big time. Because we tried some doors, my dad's like, we can't get out. We can't get out of this museum. And I thought we were stuck there forever. All we have to do is just pick up the phone and say, hey, could you guys get us out of here? But yeah, as a, what, five-year-old, six-year-old? Panic, panic, panic time. Panic time for bling.